I'm Matt Garrow-Fisher and this is the Burn From Within show. Each week I interview inspiring people who have changed their career or life to light up inside. So if you want to get excited about your Mondays, work on meaningful projects and have more time for the passions and people that matter to you, stay tuned. I hope this interview inspires you. And if you need any support about what to do next to change your own life, just go to burnfromwithin.com, message us using the live chat feature, and we'll do our best to help. In this interview, I discuss with Max Vishnev, an inspiring entrepreneur, how he transitioned from a career in Wall Street to starting a successful walking tour business in New York City, to becoming a health coach, and to now being a real estate broker. Max's entrepreneurial journey was definitely not plain sailing, yet it's been incredibly rewarding. And in each industry change, he has followed his passions and his strengths to respond to his changing priorities in life. So if you wanna learn about and get the confidence of how to change an industry, either in your job or even in pivoting in your business, this is the perfect episode to learn from real life experience. Check it out. Let's take yourself back to your Wall Street days. You're working in Wall Street. Tell me what life was like back then and start to build a picture of what led you to walk away from Wall Street. Right, right. I had this nice job. I was dressed in business casual. I had a good salary, benefits. So I did that for several years and then um, got transferred to a fancy trading desk in Times Square. And uh, I was sitting with these hotshot traders. And so I was like the operations manager on a big trading desk, was making a lot of money at the time. And I thought, man, this is cool. But then I also saw what happens once the bubble bursts, right? The environment got really toxic and really negative very quickly. There were rounds of layoffs. The rumor mill was turning about who's going to get laid off. Lehman Brothers collapsed fall of 2008. There was a domino effect. The rest of 2008 was horrific. My company at the time, Morgan Stanley, we barely survived. I was like, man, I got to get out of here. Like basically that fall with the collapse of Lehman Brothers, I was so stressed out at work. My stress level just spiked and I, you know, it was really affecting my quality of life. And I was like, I don't want to be here. At the time I was 28. You know, what am I doing here? What's the primary driver? Money and the status symbol of working on a trading desk at Morgan Stanley. But at the end of the day, is this something I want to keep doing? And the answer was no. Being the only child, only grandchild, I couldn't just willy-nilly quit and say, hey, I'm going to go travel the world, right? So I needed an excuse. So my excuse was, well, I was doing my graduate degree and, and my employer cut off reimbursement. I'm going to go study abroad. And I never got to do that in life. So my excuse was, I'm going to get out of the financial industry, get out of Times Square, get out of this skyscraper and go study abroad and got into a school in Barcelona. So basically my transition was, let me leave, but leave with an excuse. Leave with a legitimate reason to say, I quit. I'm going to go be a full-time student in Spain. And so that, that's kind of how I got in, but also how I got out of the corporate world. So I would say my 20s almost entirely was all devoted to various corporate jobs. When you got to Barcelona on this uh, exchange program, what made you think, hang on, I think I could do something different. Maybe I don't want to go back into this financial gig or this corporate world. What was the moment where you thought, okay, I'm going to change it. Getting on a plane and landing on a different continent that started the reset, but then a month of backpacking around Europe 
meeting wonderful people, seeing beautiful places, just like seeing other cultures and how people lived, how they socialized. It started to open my mind. Wow, there's, there's a world of possibilities out there, right? It started to awaken a sense of not just adventure, but also a sense of, man, what else is out there? My time here is limited. I want to make the most of it and really explore myself. I mean, I have plenty of time to just be with my own thoughts. And I did a lot of walking around, right? When you're solo backpacking, I did some traveling with other people, but it was mostly on my own. And that was intentional because it was my time. So I had plenty of time with myself with my little uh, travel journal. And, you know, I just started writing and started putting my thoughts down on paper. I was like, man, I'm, I'm getting this MBA in, in a, a few months. And there's a few things I'm expected to do. I'm either supposed to go back to a large investment bank whether I go back to a trading desk or maybe go into investment banking, or I'm supposed to get into management consulting. I'm supposed to, you know, fly, like get on a plane Monday morning, go on a project, sleep in hotels Monday through Thursday, and then fly back home. And I didn't want to do any of those things. I didn't want to be an investment banker working on PowerPoint slides till midnight. I didn't want to go back to sales and trading because I was already there. I didn't want to do management consulting and travel, you know, half the year. So I was getting basic, I was getting bummed because I was loving my time abroad, but I was becoming anxious about the idea of coming back with an MBA and having to get a real job again. And because I, I didn't want a quote unquote real job, if that meant the, the things I just mentioned, right? So that started the, the thought process of, all right, what else can I do? And eventually led to the idea of starting a travel company when I came back. Like what element of that whole experience shifted you into, first of all, building a business, but also going into specifically the tour business? Right. So it was, I remember sitting on the couch, crappy flat. I was renting in Barcelona with an old couch. And I was, one day I was sitting there and I was writing down things I like doing and things I'm good at. And it included communicating with people. And I wrote down that I like photography. That I like learning new things. I liked reading. I like travel. I like new experiences and adventures. And that I also didn't want to go back to a desk job in a large corporation. So it was a combination of what I didn't want to do, but also what I did want to do or what I enjoyed. And the travel idea, I don't remember the exact culmination of that, but it was kind of like, I would almost say it was an evolution. It was me saying, I love what I'm doing right now. So before I landed on the idea of doing a New York City walking tour business, my initial idea was, how can I keep traveling without being a nomadic vagabond living off his savings, not having a job? How can I travel while turning it into a business that generates income? The iPhone was brand new. And I was like, why not do something digital, travel related, that has to do with guidebooks, but giving people a sense of Barcelona off the beaten path, Berlin off the beaten path. And so that started the idea and eventually it evolved into, okay, an app. And then when my time was running out, I was like, wait, if I'm coming back to New York anyway, and New York is like a mecca for tourism, at the time, I was getting over 50 million tourists a year. Why not test out my concept in my own city, which also happens to be one of the most visited cities in the world, right? So that's how the idea for City Road was born. It was originally to create an iPhone app, start with New York, kind of hopefully the, the concept would work, and then I would basically replicate it for other cities. So I dove right in, no hesitation, just like I said, I still have some savings. I still, I'm single, no kids. If I'm going to roll the dice and try something, it's going to be now before I start looking for corporate jobs, before I run out of money. 
tell me a little bit about some of those struggles that you were having when you were building the app and, and how that redirected you to where you eventually ended up. One of the hardest things was to have the self-confidence and the faith in my own abilities and my own idea to actually wake up every morning and put in the effort because the effort was massive. Like I was, it was a one man show. So I realized, oh man, like how am I actually going to make money with this? Right. This is actually a good moral for a lot of entrepreneurs listening. You can have the fanciest spreadsheets in the world, fanciest scenarios. It's all BS. The spreadsheet is just numbers on an Excel spreadsheet, right? Until you actually launch something and test it out in the real world, it's just assumptions. It's just guesswork. And even the most conservative scenarios prove to be basically unrealistic. So the hardest thing was, I'm not making any money. I'm continuing to spend money on development and debugging and other things. So that lasted for about five months from concept to launch. And then the launch kind of was uh, questionable. And I decided, you know what, I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to go do the same thing in Boston and hopefully ramp up the New York effort in the meantime. So I, I moved to Boston temporarily for two months. Again, continuing to live off my savings, right? And spending more money in Boston. Replicated the software for the Boston app and did a ton of reading and research in Boston. Basically walking around and writing and taking pictures in Boston, the same thing I was doing in New York. So by the fall of my first year as an entrepreneur, I had a New York app, City Rover New York and City Rover Boston. And by the time it got cold, by like November 2010, I started to realize if I was honest with myself, you know, at night, I was like, this is not going to work. The way it is now, this is just not going to work. Like I'm spending money. I'm going to burn through my savings. I'm not generating any significant revenue, you know, like trickles. This is not a sustainable business model. Those fancy spreadsheets look great, but like I can't go to another city when these, like I'm not making any money on the first two cities and eventually I'm going to run out of money. So that was a very, very difficult time. Luckily, I, I met Julia basically the winter I came back, just when I was starting the City Rover app idea, I had met Julia, who's now my wife, and we have two kids. And it was the fact that she was very, very supportive of my entrepreneurial adventure. And she was encouraging that I, instead of quitting and basically throwing in the towel and saying, I'm going to go get another corporate job, I said, all right, what can I do to pivot? You know, if this app thing isn't working, what can I do to pivot? So spend about a couple of months on a newsletter concept with the goal of having sponsored uh, sponsored posts. I did that for a couple of months, incurred more expenses. So kept learning along the way, right? And learning from my mistakes. So it was about iterating, not getting stuck in a specific business model, but saying, all right, this is not working. I have enough self-awareness to realize it's not working. I like the concept. What can I do with the concept, but in a different avenue? I started to reach out to entrepreneurs. I started to just basically reach out to people. I went to various meetups and various speaking events. I don't want to bore you with every single meeting, but one of them that really stuck with me was a young lady who sold an adventure company recently to a big, a bigger brand. And her idea was to get stressed out New Yorkers out of the city after their Monday through Friday jobs and get them to do an all day hike, an hour and a half outside of New York City or go skiing for the weekend or like do some kayaking or rafting trip. And she would book up front. So she would book revenue up front and then book the venue, the whatever, the guides. She basically turned a profitable business from a very simple idea. Take stressed out city slickers out of the city and get them to book a tour or adventure by getting them to, to leave the city, to, to de-stress a little bit. So I had a great conversation with her and she goes, look, you need to focus on a real business model. 
something that's not about newsletters and number of subscribers, something that's, that's real, something that people would actually want to pay you for. And I left the meeting and I said, wait, real, tangible, something people would pay me for. I am in a city with 50 million tourists a year. Now it's like 60. If instead of trying to convince them to download an app and walk around looking at their screens, why not convince them to pay for a face-to-face real tour? with a real person who can answer questions. So at the end of the first year, which was a very stressful year and a very costly year financially and mentally and emotionally, I said, all right, before quitting, I'm going to try one more thing and I'm going to start actual tours. And that's when I kicked into higher gear and went all in and basically just took the knowledge I gained from a year of doing research on New York and said, you know what? I'm not scared. One of my favorite terms that I've applied in my life multiple times is sunk cost. The idea being that just because you've invested a certain amount in anything, a factory, a piece of equipment or employees, anything, doesn't mean that you should continue with that factory or keep that employee or continue with a venture. Because what you've invested is a sunk cost. You can't get it back. The question is, is it worth investing or spending time and money on on that particular venture or project? And in some cases, the answer is no. So for me, the app thing, yes, I spent a lot of money on it and time and energy, but it wasn't working. The concept, I tested it, it wasn't working. So I decided instead of continuing to waste time and money and energy on it, I'm gonna kill it. So that I could put my mental energy and my money into the actual, the physical tour business. So it was a complete pivot. In hindsight, what was the significance for the support for, from Julia, your now wife? And also right. the mentors, these entrepreneurs that you met that helped you to pivot. Knowing what I know now, I think it's extremely important to seek out mentors from the start. The risk you take, though, is that if you only focus on talking to people and getting advice and reading books, you might never end up actually taking action. And then you just end up stuck in the status quo. And if you're happy with the status quo, great. But if you're obviously yearning for more and you're not happy in your situation, then you have to balance talking to people, reaching out to people you know, with experience to get advice, but also balance it with action taking steps towards a goal. So, you know, in hindsight, should I have reached out to people with experience about the travel industry and and apps? Yes, probably. But here's a counterpoint. Had I done it, I might've been discouraged to get into the whole app thing to begin with, right? And get this, and this is scary for me to think about. I joke with Julia sometimes, you know, when we like sit down for family meal and our two kids are laughing and we're having a good time. I'm like, what if we had never met at that bar when I was researching my app, right? I walked into this random bar and she happened to walk in a little bit later. So I guess my point is, had I spoken to a bunch of people and perhaps gotten discouraged and said, you know what, uh, Max, you've had a great time. You traveled a lot, you backpacked, you had amazing experiences, you spent semester abroad. You know, let's put an end to that chapter, get a job, go back to real life. You know, you're an adult, Max. You're, you're in your late 20s, you're going to be 30 soon, like... Go get a real job. Stop with this fantasizing. I may not have even started the app thing, right? It was scary. And it was a big hurdle to jump over. No experience designing apps. No experience in travel or tourism. So I guess I'm happy that I didn't reach out to a bunch of people before I started. Because I might never have started. And had I never started, I would never have walked into Luca Bar, you know, on a late, whatever, Thursday night. And we, I would never have met my now wife. So... I think mentors are important, but it's good to balance advice with action. So I guess that's kind of 
the, the short answer. As far as Julia, yeah, I mean, she's been instrumental. Uh, she's she's been incredible. Like the, the entire entrepreneurial journey, basically. We've known. We just celebrated ten years of knowing each other. I can't even imagine my journey without her because she's been supportive. Like my biggest steadfast, consistent supporter from day one. Even when other people I love that are close to me were doubting the the whole entrepreneurial idea, she was supportive. And I think had I not had her support the first year, chances are I probably would not have pivoted to the actual tour concept. I probably would have basically abandoned the idea at the end of 2010 and basically went back and got some corporate job. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. For me, she was basically essentially my, my confidant even though she wasn't directly involved in the venture. Like I can run ideas by her. I can also share frustrations with her. She was there for, for comfort and for support, but also for honest, candid advice. And that's happened multiple times because I've tried, I've done several things, you know, since starting my entrepreneurial adventure and she has been through it with me. And in some cases she was actually actively involved. Like we had at one point, we had an online retail store. We had like a, a web-based uh store for like New York themed merchandise. And she was running the business with me out of our small one bedroom apartment in, in Brooklyn while I was doing tours, while we had two little kids. It was, it was nuts. So, so she has been a sidekick, an advisor, a confidant, a partner. And yeah, in many ways, I, I can't imagine this 10-year entrepreneurial adventure without her. What would you say to people that are in their entrepreneurial journey, but they don't have someone as amazing as your wife, Julia, like that confident, that, that motivator, what would you say to them to, to sustain the momentum and keep going? Yeah. What, what would you do in that situation? You want someone who will support your entrepreneurial adventures or an, an idea and goals, because unfortunately, a lot of people are risk averse. It's human nature. And because of that, a lot of people end up stuck in their situations and they prefer the status quo. They're also afraid of change. So when you, an aspiring entrepreneur, contact a relative, even someone who loves you or you, you love them or a friend, they might discourage you, not because it's a bad idea, because it sounds scary to them and they wouldn't do it. And they don't get how you would do it and that you would potentially be really good at it. So I would say, find someone that can support you. For me, I mean, I, you know, I had close friends when I started New Business Ventures. I did have mentors. I had kind of group training, which kind of really helped me for accountability. And I've, I've also had coaches as well, like people that are professionally trained, that are really good at, you know, motivating, kind of seeing where your blockages are and, and seeing your blind sides. So let's, I mean, let's kind of fast forward through to, you know, where City Rover got to and then your next transition as well. So things started to change in your life. Right. Tell us a little bit about where City Rover got to and then what right. was the transition after that. So but the group tours were sucking up a lot of my time and energy. And I was like, the money is in private tours and I enjoy it more. So I pivoted to only do private tours and that worked really well. But just another example of you always have to be open to pivots and to be aware. I picked up a book for free and on a sidewalk in a box. It's called Who Moved My Cheese? It's like a hundred page book. It, you could read it you know, over okay. morning coffee. And it's essentially a short story that's a metaphor for how most people are afraid of change. In the book, it, it says, essentially, you have to have your eyes open and your ears open to be able to sense change that's coming. Because change doesn't happen overnight. 
change usually happens gradually, right? So in any business, any job, if you're blind or you have your head stuck in the, in the, in the sand, you're not going to see change, right? If you're so scared of change that you have blinders on, you're going to be the one that's surprised with the next layoff, right? Or downsizing or factory closing. So in my experience, I've always been open and receptive to change because I feel like change is good. Not only does it get you out of your comfort zone, it helps you survive and evolve as a business owner. So you went from City Rover, at some stage, you know, it was tiring and repetitive to be doing big groups, you know, every day, rain in New York City, and you, and you wanted to change. You wanted something to change. So anytime you do something for an extended period of time, it can get repetitive, it can get tiring, right? Whether it's a desk job, whether you're, you know, a doctor, dentist, or in my case, a tour guide, I think, you know, it got tiring and it started to take a physical toll on me that the weather here is, can be pretty extreme, right? Very hot and humid in the summer, very cold, windy, wet in the winter. So, you know, there were, I was doing a lot of tours a year, right? Many tours per week. And it was very draining. And towards, like, I guess starting maybe two years ago, I was like, man, I got to, what's the next step for me? You know, like I'm not 29 anymore. When I started, I've done many, many tours and it's starting to affect me both mentally and physically. The online store idea out of our apartment that I mentioned, and even though we generated pretty solid revenue the first six months, actually the first year, we decided to kill it because it was not profitable and it was sucking up incredible amount of energy and time. Like my day was basically go out, do a tour, three, four, six hours long in all kinds of weather, come back, package, spend like an hour, two hours packaging, printing labels, you know, dropping boxes off at the post office, responding to customer inquiries, managing inventory. So I was running two businesses essentially at once. So that got really stressful. And with the online store not being profitable after a year, we decided to kill it. So that's another example of being aware enough to say when something is not working out and time to move on. So then I realized, all right, so this is not going to work by learning about the science of nutrition and lifestyle and diet and health and kind of holistic health. So I thought, without getting too many into too many details, but it originally started with my son, severe sleep apnea, and I was kind of trying to figure out like, what can we do holistically and naturally to try to help his symptoms, sleep quality. So, and I'm an avid reader. I've always been an avid reader. So I started reading and like one book led to another. That led to a podcast, another podcast, and another book. So before I knew it, I was only consuming information about health, nutrition, and lifestyle like book after book and podcast after podcast. So I decided to become a health coach. So I got my health coach certificate from um, something called IIN, Institute of Integrated Nutrition. Did that online for like a year, basically. When I was not touring, <laughs> I was doing online classes and tested it out as a, as a concept, a business concept, ran some kind of test one-on-one client sessions and then did a small group session as a trial run. But then I realized that Again, same thing with the app concept, right? For the health coaching to scale, I needed marketing dollars and I needed to convince people that they should be paying for health coaching. But the idea of health coaching is so new, such a novel concept, a relatively new industry that for me to convince people to pay money for someone to tell them how to change their habits and how to eat better and how to sleep more and how to de-stress, I realized after several months of trying it out, that it was going to be a very difficult business model to scale. 
So then I basically said, all right, I don't know if this is going to work out as a business venture. That's when I caught the real estate bug. And that's when Julie and I decided to buy a place and move out of Brooklyn and renting in Brooklyn, stumbling upon the idea of becoming a licensed real estate agent because we realized we wanted to buy a residence in New Jersey because that's a place we could actually afford. And then meeting a, a successful young man who has his own brokerage and kind of bonding with him and then saying, wait, I can work with him. I could be a good real estate agent. I have sales experience. I have a decade of experience of dealing with people face-to-face. So I was like, I can do this, man. I, I'm good with numbers. I have a finance background. I'm good with people after you know a decade of doing tours. I like real estate because that's I, I had been reading about real estate for a while and learning. And I was like, wait a minute. This could be it. This could be a viable next step. This could be my next career change. And boom, this was last year. But what what's fascinating is that you managed to find a career and a business that plays to your strengths, not just your natural strengths, but the strengths you've developed throughout your life, particularly in finance, particularly the strengths you developed in your tour business, mm-hmm. being great with people. Tell me a little bit about like the importance of that in jumping into a new career, a new business, and, and, and how it was that you found such a good match. People neglect to, to realize that every experience they have, right, whether it's going back to their school years, going back to their crappy jobs, part-time gigs, right, when they were younger, or even their, the jobs they might be in now that they quote-unquote hate, they are still, they have skill sets they've acquired, plus natural talents and abilities, right? We all have a proclivity to be good at something and, and not so good at other things. So for me, what I've realized now, and I'm, I'm, I'm only 38, but I've, I've had you know quite a good chunk of experience in various things. I realized that everything is like a stepping stone, or you can think of it as like building a house, right? You need the foundation, but then you, you kind of have the framework and then you start building out walls and putting in windows. So it's, Think about, like, I think about my journey as putting pieces in place, and then that could lead you to something else, something bigger, something better. And you can also transfer the skills you learn to, to a completely different industry, right? So, for example, if you asked me in my 20s when I was sitting on a large trading desk, Max, would you want, do you think you'll one day be a great tour guide in New York City? I, I would say you're nuts, Matt. What's wrong with you? Right. But I didn't know at the time, but you know, I actually became a really good tour guide. And I have like 1500 reviews on TripAdvisor to, to validate that. And it's because I was not shy. I tended to get along well with people. I had a knack for wanting to learn and being able to synthesize new information. So I was able to transfer that into a completely new industry. But it turns out that even though it's a completely new industry, you need certain fundamentals, right? To make it work, like you need, you need to have the desire, right? You need to have the wherewithal and perseverance to get through hard times. You need to be highly motivated and, and, and driven. And then you need to be open to possibilities. So for me, I have been able to make career changes and, and, and attempt different pivots because of those things. So I was able to transfer my skills with, I mean, even numbers, right? Like running a tour business still requires accounting, business planning, projecting cash flow, thinking about pricing, competition, competitive advantages. So I was able to harness 
like I had a you know finance degree, right? And and then I had an MBA. So I was able to harness some of my business knowledge to build a tour company, right? It wasn't just like, hey, let me go become a tour guide. It's let me build a business. So I was able to use my business background and some some financial knowledge to build the business. But then the the people skills were honed. Yes, I was friendly. Yes, I was relatively extroverted, but I was a crappy tour guide when I started because I hardly knew anything, right? And I was nervous. I became a great tour guide because I practiced and I studied and I took meticulous notes. I had books on top of books and each book had my notes on it because I, I read because I wanted to become the best tour guide I could be so I can grow my business, right? And sustain it. So I guess the long-winded answer is you cannot be afraid of change because people underestimate how many skills they already have and how transferable those skills are to what sounds on paper like a completely different business. It might be a different industry, but a lot of it is transferable, right? If you have numbers skills, if you have skills in analytics and looking at numbers, you could transfer that to a lot of things. If you have people skills, you could pretty much be in almost any business that involves communicating with other people, which is these days, most businesses, most jobs. Yeah, so I would say be aware of what you're good at. If you hate your job, write down your skills and write down your strengths. Write down what you like to do. And one day over morning coffee, you might say, aha, maybe I can do X, right? It's not going to happen. Like you're not going to sit and twiddle your thumbs and suddenly like the idea is going to come. It might come at the, at the least obvious moment. It might come in the shower. It might come in the gym when you're doing bench press. I mean, I'm kind of referring back to when you were in Barcelona and you were journaling and you wrote down stuff that you like doing and you like photography and learning new things and new experiences and adventures. And you wrote stuff down that you didn't like doing. When you became consciously aware of those things, they were just in your mind. And then every time you had a conversation with new people, or you had a walk or you did whatever, suddenly you had a, a new lens when opportunities came, you had that in your mind and you were ready to take those because you knew what you wanted, you knew what you didn't want. And it's the same also now you're saying with transitioning to real estate, you know, you knew so circumstances changed, you didn't necessarily like the, some of the repetitive natures of, of the tours and you became conscious about that. Right. Then when you had a meeting with your the real estate broker and you got on with him well and then suddenly because you knew what you were good at and you knew what you liked and things started to change there was a pivot so there's definite structure here in terms of how you transition to new industries and it's all about knowing your strengths what you like what you don't like and that changes over time and to checking in with that yeah. every now and then when you're not happy or when circumstances change and you feel like change is really important. I think in today's day and age, it's even more important to take time for yourself alone and whatever, you know, whether you want to type it into Evernote on your phone or just get a, a yellow pad and, and a, a piece of, uh, you know, paper and a pen. It's so important to carve out time to be alone and to think clearly and to write down your thoughts. And I'm in the habit of doing that every single day because now you have endless sources of entertainment to disconnect from reality, right? Because instead of taking time to reflect and taking time to write down the thoughts and feelings, it's scary, right? Tap into my feelings, my, my thoughts deep down, that's scary. I'd rather sit on the couch and binge watch a Netflix show, right? Because that's easy. 
it's passive. It flows over me and I can distract myself from the thoughts that are bubbling up in my head. I hate my job. I hate my life. I hate this and that. Instead, you know, start making lists, start journaling five minutes a day, start being honest with yourself, start writing down things you love and the things you hate, the things you think you're good at, the things that you might want to explore further, right? Ideas, explore that. And if you carve out time alone with some quietude, you're more likely to tap into that next aha moment. I never want to be complacent and I know I never want to feel stuck, right? And my adventure in, over the last decade has shown me that I never have to feel that way because there's always another adventure around the curve. I just have to be open to it and receptive to it. So you need, anyone listening to this who wants to become an entrepreneur, like you really need to ask yourself honestly, are you driven enough to become your own boss where no one is telling you what to do, right? Or would you fall into the trap of, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I got time to, to squeeze in another episode, right? Because if, if you're not willing to put in the effort and the energy, then you know, maybe it's not the right journey for you. What was the one thing that's helped you to burn from within right now? And maybe consistently do it. What do you think is the one thing that's made the difference? So, so I think that's what drives me, right? Can I be the best dad, the best husband every day? And then what can I do professionally to ensure that we have the best quality of life? Right? And for us, it's about experiences, time together, you know, meals, adventures, vacations, stuff like that. So I think that's what drives me. So thank you once again, Max, for, for an awesome interview. So much wisdom in that. I mean, some, some key points that I really picked out. One of your beliefs that you've said many times is time here is limited. You said that in several occasions throughout, as you're talking throughout these stages of your life. And that's, that's a big propulsion for you to, to take action and, and do the things that are important. The other thing you mentioned is don't be afraid to pivot. And that, you know, that book, Who Moved My Cheese, is a great belief changer to, yeah, to yeah. say that actually you can change and don't be afraid. So that's, that's something that really, really stood out to me. I also think like focusing on one thing, having when the time is right, consulting with mentors, having a, a confidant, a coach or a support network to get you through those tough times and having like a real reason, just a purpose, you know, a purpose as strong as your kids and your family and to drive you into to doing succeeding in how you are is, is so, so important. So great tips. It's a pleasure chatting with you and you've been a great interviewer. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the show. I wanted to give you a free gift for listening the whole way through. If you are feeling lost or empty inside or on a life or career path you don't want to be on, perhaps trapped in a cycle of stress and burnout, you might be asking, what do I do? Rather than letting experts tell you what to do, it might be time to really connect with yourself. Most of my guests on the show meditate many journal to get clarity and one powerful way i know to connect with your unconscious is through visualizations so before you fire off a load of resumes for a quick fix or drown your sorrows at the weekend with unhealthy habits download my free simple workbook and audio guide to experience with all your senses a future where you are actually burning from within living full of passion purpose and balance visit 
earnfromwithin.com forward slash experience to get insight and motivation from the best expert and coach in the world, you. Feel free to share this with a friend. And until next time, live with passion, purpose and balance and burn from within.